Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. There's a recent phenomenon that I just can't wrap my mind around. Maybe you've dived in headfirst or have a family member or a friend who has jumped on the bandwagon. I actually considered giving it a shot myself in preparation for this message, but I gotta be honest with you, the $99 price tag and let alone the $79.95 monthly membership subscription scared me off. What's taking our money and monopolizing our family holiday dinners? Ancestry.com. Anyone bold enough to say that you've taken the plunge, like you've gone on Ancestry.com or one of the like and figured out your ancestry story? It's interesting. Whether you have done it or not, we look back as a people because we want to see our group, our tribe, our family story so that we can individually grow going forward towards this pursuit of self-actualization. Apparently, if we see a map with the town of our grandfather where our great-grandfather grew up like if it's circled like that's gonna be game-changing for us at least that's what we're sold i'll be real with you i'm sure at some point my curiosity is going to get the best of me and i too will log on to ancestry.com to understand my family's story because to better understand our story we have to understand our family's story The Bible confirms this truth. And while it's true personally, it's even more impactful communally. And for a church like ours that doesn't settle for status quo, oh no, no, we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And because we want to be a part of a movement bigger than ourselves, we are wise to look back at the birth of the movement, the birth of the church. We pray as a church that God would spark a revival in our land and he'd start it in our hearts. We have a vision for our region, for the front range, where everyone is connected with God, the church, and their purpose. These are big dreams. And if we're to be a part of a movement, something bigger than ourselves, we need to look back to the origin story of that movement, to the origin story of the church. And in fact, the way forward comes through looking backward. Who they were frames who will be. Who were they? Who are we going to be? Turn with me to Acts chapter 2 to find out. If you need a Bible, you can just follow along in our free church app, where you can also jot down some notes during the message. Now, we looked at Jesus' last conversation with his first followers last week. And in that, we saw that he had a charge for them, a charge that is true for us today if we claim to follow Jesus. We're to be missionaries on a mission, a mission that's a movement. And when Jesus said goodbye for now to his first followers, and then he ascended to heaven, where he currently sits at the right hand of God the Father, those disciples, they went back to Jerusalem, and they just kind of hung in a holding pattern. They were praying, they were waiting for this Holy Spirit that Jesus promised. And there were about 120 believers gathered there, the 11, They're one short because, well, Judas at this point had the realization that he betrayed Jesus and 
That led to his death. So he's mortified, and he ends up taking his life. The 11 apostles decide, you know what, we need to appoint another, someone who's been with us all along, the whole three years of Jesus' earthly ministry, so that he can be number 12 in this band of brothers. Well, they choose to appoint Matthias. I'll be honest, there's no reason you need to remember that unless you want to win a, a game of Bible Jeopardy or something. Because he doesn't come up again in the story. But this is where we're at. This is what has just happened in what we're about to read. So let's read it together in Acts 2, verse 1, and see the birth of this movement, the birth of the church. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, to understand the significance of what's about to happen in the story, we got to understand Pentecost, because that's not a party that I've ever celebrated before, and it's probably the case for you. Pentecost was one of the three Jewish festivals that the Jewish people would celebrate each year. Uh, Passover was another of those, and at the last Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem with his disciples, and they celebrated the Passover meal like they always would, and then he, he died on a cross, bringing a whole lot of significance and meaning to that ancient festival. Well, Pentecost was 50 days after Passover, so the Jews would again flood the streets of Jerusalem, this time to bring the first fruits of their harvest to thank God. It was, it was an act of worship where they would celebrate the harvest. It was an agricultural festival, and it actually had some ties to this idea of renewing their covenant relationship with God. Now, as exciting as Pentecost was, it, it kind of lacked some luster. It really could use some fresh wind in its sails. Then again, Jesus just ascended to heaven and his disciples are in a holding pattern. Then something unexpected happens. Continuing on in verses 2 through 4, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Unlike they'd ever experienced before, God's presence and power comes on them in this fresh way. It is a jaw-dropping experience. The disciples start to teach of the wonders of God in a bunch of different languages, languages they didn't know. So a crowd starts to gather around them, perplexed, bewildered. Some even mock, saying they're drunk. Peter stands up to make his defense. We're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Seriously, Peter? Like, that's the best you got? You're not drunk, it's only nine in the morning. Fortunately, he didn't stop there. The power of God that is now in him, the Holy Spirit, takes over. And Peter goes on to preach a killer message. And he pulls out all the stops. He quotes the prophet Joel from the Hebrew Scriptures about how one day the Holy Spirit would come, like what just happened moments ago. He quotes King David to make his case for Jesus. I love how Andy Stanley, a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia, summarizes Peter's message here. He says it like this, You killed him. God raised him. We've seen him. Now say you're sorry. 
Peter's bottom line is this. Verse 36 records it for us. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Mic drop. How do you think the crowd responds after hearing this? A little Q&A breaks out, and they ask this in verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? i got to be honest with you, one of the things I love, one of the conversations I love after a service in person is when someone comes up to me and they're like, Chris, when you said this, it made such a big difference for me. And I'm listening to them and I hear about the transformation they're experiencing and the revelation that they had. And the longer I listen, the more I think to myself, I didn't say that, but God did. When we hear the word of God, it penetrates us to our inmost being, and it begs our response. Verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And like that, the church was born, a movement unleashed. 11, 120, now over 3,000 strong. I can't help but think of Jesus' prior conversations with his disciples about the fields being ripe for harvest. Why the abundant harvest? Why the explosive growth of the early church? Very simple. It's God's power in God's story. Like, you can explore faith in Jesus as long as you want. You can even belong with us as a church before you even believe what we believe. But if you want to experience what many of us are getting to experience, if you want to experience the transforming power of God in you, moving through you, at some point you've got to accept God's story as your story. Your sin killed him. God raised him. People saw him. Now say you're sorry. Peter said it like this, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance and baptism, one's internal, the other external, both really capture this idea, the heart transformation that takes place when we surrender to Jesus and decide to follow him with our lives. Because, help me out, type it in the chat. We say it at the end of every service, whoever follows Jesus finds life. Whoever follows Jesus finds life. When we repent and are baptized, we are turning from this old life of sin and we're turning to Jesus. He is our Savior and our Lord. He is the one who's forgiving us of our sin and He's the one that we're going to follow with our life. When God's story becomes our story, God's power becomes our power. Now, those of us who follow Jesus, we have the presence of God, the power of God in us the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. 
If you want the presence of God and the power of God in you, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's power becomes our power when his story becomes our story, and God's community will be our community. And it's a compelling community to be a part of. Let me tell you. Check this out in verses 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I wish we had time to give a whole message on just these verses because they're packed with all kinds of good stuff for us. But you're going to have to do the deep dive in your community group this week. Because for the sake of our time together now, I just want to highlight three characteristics of this compelling church community of the early church. Because this is what we're going to pursue as a church. A compelling church community first connects with Jesus. The communities rally around different things. Where they live, where they work, what they do for fun. And that's all good, fun and dandy. But you know what? What's different about this community? Why is the early church such a compelling community? They rallied around Jesus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching about Jesus. They practiced communion to remember Jesus. They prayed to Jesus. Makes me think of the former president at Colorado Christian University when I was a student there. He would famously say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't have the same deep, commanding voice that he has. So the impact isn't quite there, but I think you get the point. It's all about Jesus. We're going to live in the same neighborhoods, work at the same workplaces. We'll even have the same hobbies and play together. But what makes us different from everyone else? We rally around Jesus. We discuss and grow from his teaching. We're going to remember his sacrifice. We're going to pray knowing that he hears us. Every single word that we utter, he hears. So let's lean into these things as a church community. Let's be intentional about connecting with Jesus because a compelling church community connects with Jesus. And second, connects with people. The early church devoted themselves to fellowship. That's church speak for hanging out. Like they enjoyed being together connecting in conversation, sharing meals together. They would even sacrifice personally to meet the needs of others in their community. How cool is that? You know, even as a young church, I want to encourage us, we're on the right path with this one. Again and again, I hear stories of people who decide to be part of our church family because of the community that they experience, how they felt welcomed and loved. And I know I've experienced it. I think of even like a year and a half ago when Amanda and I were moving into our house, you know who gave up their Saturday to help us move? Our community group. A year ago when Chloe was born and COVID was just a new thing, you know who decided to bring us meals because we were just trying to figure out which way is up? Our community group. Even this past year, 
we've been going through personal health challenges, family health challenges, a financial emergency, and you know who's been praying for us, supporting us along the way? Yeah, our community group. It's a privilege to pastor this church, but I got to tell you, it is a bigger privilege to be a part of this church. Like our family gets to call Connect Church home, and for that, I'm forever grateful. But you don't have to be a pastor to experience a community that cares. You, all you got to do is just join a community group. It's interesting. It's in circles, not in rows or through a camera, that you can really grow in a meaningful way. It, relationships are required for that. A relationship with God and relationships with each other. So let's get out of rows or behind, out from behind a camera and let's engage with one another in circles where we can have one another's back, where we can be in each other's corner. I heard of a group this past week, the Zaremba's group. And as we've been reading through Acts together, which you can of course join, the reading plan is available on the app under the more tab. Well, as we're reading through Acts together, this community group decided to start a group chat so that they could talk about what they're reading each day via messaging one another. How cool is that? Like, I am totally stealing that for our group this week. Check out, while you're on the app, you know, you're, you're checking out, you join the reading plan, check out a group. Like, we would love to welcome you into the community. When I think of our church's community, I think we taste it on Sundays, but we savor it as we gather throughout the week in community groups. In fact, when I think of our church, our church community, our church family, you know who I think of? I think of those of us in groups because it's in a group where I know others and others know me and we're in this relationship and we're following Jesus together. And if you're not in a group yet and you want to be part of our church community, talk to any one of us. We would love to welcome you into our group. Now, if we are in a group, and many of us are, may this early church example be our model, something we strive for. And like them, will we be a church that prays first, loves everyone, serves humbly, that unites together, gives sacrificially, and when the time comes, multiply for impact. Because a compelling church community connects with Jesus, connects with people, and third, connects people with Jesus. Verse 47 reveals that God moves, like he does something incredible when his story is our story, when his power is our power, and when his community is our community. Check it out in verse 47. It says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Okay, after a year like the one we've just experienced, doesn't a little favor, a little fruitfulness sound good? I know it sounds great to me, but here's what God's teaching me in all of this. That in his timing, we'll experience favor and fruitfulness. But you know what he's calling us to all the time? Faithfulness. How's faithfulness going for you? How's it going living as an everyday missionary like we talked about last week? Are you loving the one right in front of you? Are you making disciples? Are you praying for one, asking God to give you someone to share his love with each day? Something I've started doing recently is on my phone, I just keep a a note of the different people I meet who are disconnected from God, disconnected from the church, and any key points from the conversation I had with them. So if I see them again, or when I see them again, I can remember things that matter to them, like their kids' names or where they live, etc. Well, 
what I do is I actually each week, at least once a week, I'll go through that list of names and I just pray for them. I ask the Holy Spirit to move in their lives. I ask the Holy Spirit to draw them to Jesus. And then I ask the Holy Spirit to give me an opportunity to show God's love to them, to bless them. Is it time for you to start a pray for one list too? Or maybe you hear about these community groups that we have, but you're like, you know, there's not one in my community. I'm sorry. That's not our, our long-term vision. Our, our vision is to have a community group in all the communities around us. So while we have three groups right now, we would love to see groups in Lone Tree, Castle Rock, Highlands Ranch, Littleton, Centennial, Aurora, and, and, and beyond. Like, if those are your stomping grounds, and you would love to see you know, gospel-centered, Jesus-centered community that's ministering to your community, could it be that God might want to include you in starting that? If that's of interest to you and you're like, I don't know where to start with that, that's okay. Talk to your group leader if you're in a group right now, or talk with Jake, our group's director, and we would love to come alongside you as a church and figure out how can we start a community group to reach your community. When we do our part, God's going to do his part. As we connect with Jesus, connect with people, and connect people with Jesus, there's no doubt like God's going to move. And when God moves, mountain, mountains move. When God moves, walls just come falling down. When God moves, movements materialize. So to close, I want to share a little bit about a family who's part of our church family. Samuel, Michelle, many of you know them. And they found Connect actually at a neighborhood cookout on October 31st. You see, Samuel and Michelle, they've been part of a church in the past, but due to COVID, they found themselves rather disconnected from the church. And when they were at this neighborhood cookout in Stonegate, they met a bunch of us from Connect. And you know what you did? You did what you do so well. You loved them, you listened, and you just invited them to join us. We actually were launching in-person worship services the next day. So you invited them to service. Well, Samuel and Michelle came on opening day of our in-person worship services. And it was an opportunity for us to welcome them into community again with, with God's church. And what we didn't know at the time was that Samuel and Michelle, they were considering moving away because they wanted to live by family. Samuel was actually looking for jobs, but God was also at work, and one of the things that God was doing was he was drawing them into community once again. Fortunately, it was with us. Like, we love Samuel and Michelle, and by God's grace, because of the community that they've experienced in a group, serving on a team, gathering with us on Sundays, and in other things, they're actually, they've decided, hey, you know what? We want to stay in this area. Like, we want to be a part of what God's doing, and we want to be a part of this community. How cool is that? And now they're inviting others who are disconnected, neighbors who are disconnected, to connect with us as well. When the people of God rally around the story of God by the power of God, amazing things happen. And this isn't just true back then, it can be true today. And the way forward, it comes through looking backward. Who they were, who the early church was, frames who will be.